0: Hello, Mike. How are you? That'll be Garth. Hello. How are you today? I'm well. <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Welcome to uh, Hume Conversations. It's a great privilege. Yes. We're take one. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, I know. Promoting Hume Conservatorium. Yes. Uh, we, hopefully. And hopefully promoting you, Mike. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Baker. The famous Mike Baker from Goulburn. Yeah, I, I, did, uh, I did some stand-up at the start of this year, and they introduced me as Goulburn Famous. Mm-hmm. It, it was the worst introduction I think no, I've ever no. had. It's pr- It puts a lot of pressure on. Mind you, there are advantages to being in a smaller pond. Yeah? Like what?
1: Well, you can be Goldman's premier stand-up <laughs> comedian and I can be <laughs> Goulburn's premier,
0: you know, playing instrumentalist, um, whatever I am. That feels very silly. <laughs> <It does. laughs> so, you're a busy, busy man. The thing that I want to know, your happy hour show on Fridays is called Ironing Mike's Happy Hour.
1: Ironing Mike's Happy Hour, every Friday afternoon from 5 till 6 yeah. on on Mike Baker's Facebook page. There mm. you go. A bit of shameless information. <laughs> uh,
0: the Ironing Mike, where does that come from? Um, Ironing Mike is
1: um, a tongue-in-cheek reference to Iron Mike the Boxer, Mike Tyson, And originally, um, I've got four sons, and Sunday night was always panic stations, and I I seemed to always get the ironing job on the Saturday night, so they they nicknamed me, and... uh, Uh, It was was some sass from your children. It was very much so, (laughs) they were behind it, I've got four sons, and uh, variously I get... All sorts of input from them, ranging from the constructive to the not so constructive, (laughs) as you could imagine. But when it came time to uh, go online, and I was very keen on the live streaming idea from before lockdown, actually, from before the pandemic. Um, I'd surveyed what was happening in the music scene, and I thought, "Mm, there could be something to doing, particularly uh, happy hour on a Friday afternoon. I'd been doing a Friday afternoon happy hour at one of the um, live venues around town. I'd just been noticing that um, it wasn't a good time to catch people at a venue, uh, because everybody was at home, coming home from work, and or uh, they were at one of the uh, busier pubs. To come back to the name of the show, I adopted Ironing Mike again as a, a handle, because it implies that what we're doing on a Friday afternoon is we're ironing things out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, you can call it chilling so, out. You can call it taking your shoes off and kicking back, whatever you want to call it. But my job is to help iron out the creases from another crazy week.
0: Yeah. It's a multifaceted name. <laughs> okay. you, you're on it. That's it's so exciting, Mike, because it, it comes it comes across as just a kind of quirky name. And I love all your, like, back-end thinking into it. It's so awesome. So the, the live stream thing is something that you're doing pretty well. And you're, what always impresses me is that you are kind of at the forefront of music technology in Goulburn. Right. And in, it kind of comes from, like, the c- cities a lot will do these live streams and, and top-tier musicians are getting into it, especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic. The transition into the online doesn't seem to happen as much in rural areas. And so it's awesome. It was awesome to see you pushing into the online medium. space. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Each Friday, how, how do you find the response to it is?
1: Oh, we've got a regular clientele. I'll call them that. <laughs> regular customers um, who were there. We had the advantage, of course, of going into a pandemic. I started doing it the first week of uh, M- uh, March 2020.
0: So it's like 18 months now. It's been
1: 18 months now, every Friday. Whew. Yeah, that's eight new songs to learn a week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was thinking about it today. I was like, has he done 12 months? So that's
1: That's eighteen months. Yeah, eighteen we're, months. We're pushing 90 shows. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah.
0: That's a lot of thinking. Well, yeah. Does I, it take you long to put it together during the week? Like uh, uh, can you take us through the process?
1: The process is generally Thinking about next week, straight after. So I'll do Friday night's show, and I am in the habit of watching it back, just to be critical of myself. I know I say that too much, or I watch it back, but then I start thinking about next week. And then for about another three or four days, um, I don't really do anything. I just sort of stew on it, then come to about Thursday the following week. Uh, Generally speaking, I gather up my thoughts. Have I got eight eight numbers to use in the happy hour quiz for people who don't know it. The um, show runs as a as a quiz program. It turned into a quiz. I didn't intentionally mean it to turn into a quiz but everybody loves the quiz so it's continued to be a quiz. Uh, when I get to Thursday I start putting things on paper and generally speaking I like to actually write a lead sheet for each tune. Um, I find that's the best way to learn. I can sit down and I can fiddle, if I sit down and I actually transcribe the melody and the chords, I'm on top of it then. Yeah. Yeah, so so generally speaking, though, it doesn't occupy my week, but um i'm sure it's bubbling away there uh, yeah,
0: and yeah and i know from being here that you're quite invested in it i i love the going back and listening to it we when when i've been on the show and performed it we always go and and have some dinner in the next room mm-hmm. and go and rewatch the show i think that's an undervalued part of practice when you're becoming a musician I probably do it a little bit too much and get a bit obsessed. Whenever I record something or whenever I put something on YouTube, it gets 100 views because I've watched it 100 mm-hmm. times. Yep. Going, oh my gosh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But generally speaking, people don't notice that.
1: So no. Much. And I think one of the big um, perceptions or big concepts there is in being a performing musician, uh, I think this is a very big thing that people carry around the weight of expectation. Um, what are they going to think when I play this, what if I muck up this bit. Um, There's a lot of that kind of anxiety. But what people must realise is that you're looking at things uh, subjectively instead of, oh, you're not the person in the audience. And they will see things very differently. You've laboured over this piece for weeks or months, whatever, and they're hearing it for the first time. And you might play a couple of wrong notes in the introduction. They're not to know that, unless they stand out horribly. <laughs> they're not to know that that's not the way it was intended.
0: Yeah, and and generally speaking, people are people are just out there to have a listen to some music. Mm-hmm. And if it's not exactly the same as the recording, then that's not going to. No, gonna no. Be easy. You, how long have you been in Goldman for?
1: I came to Goldman... As a teacher's college student in nineteen seventy one mm. and, and uh, i went then i've I've taught in other places, but i've made gold in my home, my kids and my family have all grown up here mm-hmm. and uh, it suits me suits me down to the ground
0: i'm I'm stepping into some trouble here because I t- had mm-hmm. a chat to you after a few beers on Friday night oh okay. <laughs> And so so I'm
1: try- The only truth, it all comes flooding back, I remember the, now. Yes, the okay. conversations
0: were so intense and interesting and I think I got a little excited and now I want to revisit all those things but I, I'm afraid I'm not going to ask the same questions. Well,
1: this, this is called an indulgent interview. So, yeah. guess,
0: okay. all right. You've been playing music for for since how old?
1: I started playing music when a friend of mine came in the playground. I was in fifth form in high school in Sydney I went to Asheville de la Sal, um, And one of my buddies came up during lunchtime, I can remember, and he said, he said Chris has got a guitar and Wayne's got some drums. Tony's um, going to get himself a bass. We need you to go out and get an organ. <laughs> so I went and got myself, I worked part-time in the uh, school holidays. Well, I worked full-time during the school holidays at um, what was Darling Harbour, the railway yard. Mm. and I had enough money to take myself up to Elvie's in Pitt Street and buy an organ, a very okay. cheap one how, at the so, time.
0: Uh, so fifth, fifth form yeah. is, is, how old is that? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Uh, and 16. bought yourself an organ. I did. That's great.
1: And then I then they said, well, now you've got to come to practice <laughs> and play some songs. And we... we um. We play chords, and I thought, "What? Okay, what's the business with chords?" So this this started a very fruitful um, lifelong experience of being a Bob Dylan tragic. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I I thought, well, I'm going to go into a music shop. I went into Parling's down near Wynyard. And I went into the sheet music section and I was looking for something to help me learn chords the way guitar guitarists play chords. And on one of the music stands, there was a book of Bob Dylan's greatest hits. He was already an artist of such stature that he had greatest hits. Above all the melody lines, they had the chord names, but they also had little diagrams of where your fingers went on the keyboard.
0: Ah, sick.
1: So I went home and I think I played through songs like uh, With With God on Our Side, which is basically C, A minor, F, G, one, six, four and five. And uh, because his songs have got so many verses, you get the chance to just go over and over and over <laughs> and the lyrics keep you focused. <laughs> and I would recommend to anybody, when you take up a new instrument and you're trying to make your way with it, Put on a Bob Dylan playlist, work out what key you're in, and you can take it from the bottom step right up to the stars if you want. You'll, you'll find it's a very conducive environment to exploring a new instrument.
0: So so are you saying before that band that you joined, mm-hmm. you didn't have music education at all?
1: That was the 60s, so there was no such thing Yeah, at right. school. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, but... No, after, I know that your dad,
1: yeah, dad played,
0: w- was a player of, of the piano. Oh, dad played a little
1: bit. He, he would learn a melody in the right hand, and once he knew the key, he would play that chord all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and his, his great ambition was to retire one day and learn to play guitar, which he did,
0: yeah. That's so. That's great. But so he was a, he was already we, a player.
1: Well, we had an instrument in the house. Mm-hmm. But you weren't you didn't play
0: or fiddle on that. Uh,
1: yeah, we used to play on it. Mum played too, and um, I learned enough to be able to get started on a keyboard instrument on my own. Yeah, yeah. That way. Yeah. Because so I didn't know anything about chords or anything else, uh, mm. which of course are the staples of band musicians.
0: Yeah, yeah. The because I find that interesting as well. Especially being a teacher now, the the influences in the house and how much that affects like motivation for practice and how mm-hmm. much that affects the the willingness to go and practice something over and over again. Yeah,
1: or, or... we weren't very tuned into that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, my uh, my siblings when we spent probably four hours a day at the pool. Yeah, yeah. We would train for three hours a day and we'd socialise for an hour a day. Our lives revolved around that. And we came home and four kids and two adults in a very small house, (laughs) you don't get much time for intensive practice, you know?
0: I agree with that. But even just having music and someone who can play a bit must must have been a little bit of an influence at least. The radio,
1: the radio especially. And And then when you're
0: going... And playing in a band like that, you're mm-hmm. then, you then have to learn your chords and go and play together.
1: Oh, I think it was more important to learn rhythm.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? I had none. none yeah. None, 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 none. None. <laughs> Don't just leave it to the drummers? Mm. Give yourself some as well?
1: I went to the first rehearsal. They counted. I think it was um, A Wider Shade of Pale. <laughs> um, after the count-in, I was gone. I was lost. I had no idea of how to keep up or how to play in time.
0: But you obviously didn't quit. I mean, that, that happens a lot, I think. We were all learning our instruments, yeah. Mm. yeah. Buying your own instrument is interesting too. Oh, that gives you a, a, a commitment, mm. and a, le-
1: a level of investment, that's Putting right.
0: some of your work towards that stuff. I am obviously a guitarist and, and I had guitars in the house growing up and I learned a few chords and I got to go to music lessons and we mm. had some music in the curriculum. I played on my dad's acoustic guitar for a long time. Mm, yep. I went rouseabouting to go and buy an electric guitar and a guitar amp. Um, the which, investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, over the holidays and and uh, rouseabouting is obviously picking up wool after mm-hmm. it's shorn okay, off a yep, sheep, yep, and you yep. chuck it in the bag, and then you stomp it down.
1: And, and you have just... very soft hands then.
0: Yeah, it gets all all the lannolin on there. there. Then, yeah. you,
1: then you've got to put your fingers on the strings of a yeah. guitar.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, natural lubricant. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, I, I worked that those two weeks and felt like I was going to die, and then uh, I rocked up on the last day, and went to get my paycheck, and the guy who was paying everyone said, oh, no, you were here for work experience. Oh, ouch, that hurts.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. I just had to, go, I had to go out and, like, sit in the car with my dad and just be like, he said <sighs> he said, I was here for work experience. My dad goes inside and, like, has to chat with everyone. Yes, mm, yes. As, as you do. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty intense. So now, now I don't have money to pay for my guitar. My parents love the they, they fronted the money because I'd worked very hard and then i had to work very hard on my well, guitaring they, as well.
1: They knew you had it and they knew that you were you were dedicated to. Hey, it, it
0: was a long it was, it's it's a it's a long ride and every step it seems i'd know less than the day before even though i seemed to learn a lot. Mm. Going from like from playing in my room and then to playing in bands and it was kind of, kind of similar to the process that you're describing although i did have some i could strum some chords and had played around the campfire and stuff but some of my mates were it, was, it wasn't some of my mates, actually. It was my best mate and my cousin. And they could play instruments, and our parents just, like, forced us together. We were all too <laughs> nervous <laughs> to ask each other Terrific, to yeah. play. Yeah. And so they were like, you guys get in a room and play some music together. And so we had to write. We, we got in, we, we wrote the, some of the songs that we knew, and I knew some, like, credence. And our singer knew some Taylor Swift mm-hmm. before, before she was famous. We used to play on in Tamworth at the at the country music festival. We used to busk on the street, and we used to play Taylor Swift, and no one knew who she was.
1: Yeah, and and playing it with acoustic guitars or whatever. Acoustic guitars. People would think country songs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were originally they country were originally songs. country songs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so we we would play. And we had one American guy come up to us and he said, man, that Taylor Swift, who you're playing, mm. no one here is batting an eyelid, but in two years she's going to be the biggest country music star in the world.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And then she did that and then she did like the flip into pop yes. and now she's just this humongous force. That. <laughs> yes, she is. She's, I think they call it an icon, don't they? Yeah, an icon. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you, went from, you went from playing in bands. I, can't, I still can't believe that you learnt playing in bands. That's so cr- incredible.
1: Well, what happened was after those two years, I was in year 12 and um, I was interested to go into teaching because I'd admired a lot of my teachers. I ended up with a scholarship to uh, Goulburn Teachers College. I found I was able to opt for music classes as a main study. You know, we were doing general primary and that was sort of every subject, but you could specialise in one. So I was able to specialise for two years in music, um, which was very general, but it did it did give me one-to-one piano lessons. Oh, cool. And that's right. And <laughs> that's then, surprising. But then, of course, when I got posted to a school... Uh, I went to Borkham Hills in Sydney, a school called Jasper Road there. As soon as I arrived in the school, they said, oh, someone said that uh, you play piano. We'll have you for the choir, please. And so I I would get released to play for the choir. It wasn't long before I was playing for the local music festivals. And um, a lot of my music background comes from playing things for kids to sing, Mm. you know, whether it was Seekers songs or... um, uh, I probably can't say Rolf Harris, can I?
0: I'm sure you can.
1: Oh uh, Rolf Harris yeah. <laughs> k- k- kids love Rolf Harris songs.
0: Yeah, of me. course they do. I was uh, you know, my partner d- didn't know who any Rolf Harris songs. Okay. Which is insane yeah. to me because yeah. we like grew up on them. Yeah. yeah. And uh and and it's not like my generation that knows Rolf Harris, it's like the gen I suppose it's the generation above us, mm. but um yeah.
1: Most people, most younger people who do know, name as the the artist who did all those sort of, you know,
0: yeah, which are
1: uh, is... impromptu paintings incredible talent. Oh, with the bl- in the
0: black is that that's Rolf Harris, isn't it? He yeah, did the black yeah.
1: paintings, he, he uses a, a very wide brush mm. and he uses it like as a chisel tool to apply the paint. Very good,
0: yeah. It's always interesting, those the performing artists that you can tell just by watching the fir- them like walk on stage mm. and f- that's that's one of the things that i see in in rolf harris um he just he's on stage and it's just every eye is on him mm-hmm. he, he there's crazy things going on in the background and you can't I, there's a video uh, of of jake the peg yes yeah where where there's kind of people walking around in the background and it's it's incredible that you just have to look at him yeah, <laughs> and very unfortunate that he d- did well, naughty things. It's the worst. That is, It is. Mm. So there so from then, how long did? How long until you moved back to Goulburn?
1: Uh, I, got, I did about five years in Sydney. I taught at Crookle for a little while, and then uh, started in Goulburn in '77, I think.
0: Uh, I, yeah, so you had a, had a few years in between. In Sydney, Crookaw.
1: And I'd been playing in bands too because when I was at teachers' college, there was the opportunity to play in a band. Some of those guys were locals from here. And when I went to Sydney, uh, one of them especially followed me down there and we continued to play in bands in Sydney. Mm.
0: And I I don't know what... Because there was a change between everyone having a piano in their house and everyone having a guitar in their house. What was it like during those times... Is it similar to what it's like now in that finding a pianist that is quite versatile, especially in, in pop music, is a little bit difficult? Is that why you were getting so much st- so much work or is it because there, there was just heaps of bands?
1: There weren't many keyboard players around. Mm. No, you're right, you're right, there were guitarists. Uh, it comes back to what we started out saying about being in a smaller pond has its <laughs> advantages, but... Um, I, I was doing a lot of weddings too, so I was in that age group where people were getting married, and they, and they would want me to come and play, you know, in the church, and then play at the reception. Yeah. Um, and that and that went on for a good thirty, forty years. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it weddings. sounds like it just kept rolling along. It, did, it yeah. still keeps rolling along, right?
1: Oh yeah. It, well,
0: not as much on the. the you're in that so. pond now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, no, just insert I think I did myself my
0: last this story. I think I did my last <laughs>
1: wedding about two thousand and five, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Didn't you? Didn't? Oh, sure. I think I've. Maybe that. Have, have maybe we? it's fiftieths or something that you were doing. <laughs> I thought I was around when you were, you played a wedding a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, okay. Maybe I can't.
1: Let's workshop that one. I, yeah. can, I can't remember
0: it. <laughs> so, you were living in Goulburn, and mm-hmm. one of the super interesting things I think about you is you played Friday, Saturday nights mm-hmm. in... Fireside in Restaurant. Yeah, for, yep. for 10 years. Is that right? Uh,
1: more, yes, 10 years solid and then another five years when new people took over. <laughs> when, sort
0: of... when, you said, <laughs> when you said 10 years and then I thought you were going to say less. Not more. (laughs) No, no. I exaggerate to 10. It's really more like six. It
1: it, it was more than 10 years, I tell you. (laughs) The fellows who ran, a lot of Goulburn residents will remember uh, Jeff and Peter, who were the uh, proprietors of the fireside in back then, but they ran a very, very popular restaurant. And uh, they were very attentive, attentive to knowing everybody who came in and acknowledging people. And they had the personal touch and they knew how to run a business. And for 10 years, I had a dream job of just walking in every Friday, Saturday, sitting down, playing for three hours and uh, walking out again at the end of the night. No lug involved and musicians will know what a lug is. It's the thing that turns a three-hour job into a six-hour job. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I was lucky to do that. Um, We used to do mid-year Christmases and it was not uncommon to do, in a month, you might do 15 or 20 extra nights during the week. So every week in, in July and August, you might be doing five nights a week.
0: Man, that, that sounds like restaurant. a different world to me.
1: And you know That's...
0: what? When I started,
1: I thought, I don't know how I'm going to handle this for a repertoire. I mean, it's a sit-down audience. Mm-hmm. They're listening, but they're not listening. Or they're not listening, but they are listening. And uh, I was always amazed when someone would come over on the way out, they'd just lean their head over and they'd say, oh, I enjoyed the Joplin, or, or, or I liked the Gershwin, mm. or "or the Beatles, you know, I like the Beatles that you played. And it made me think, well, people are taking it in, and they're in a very receptive state.
0: <laughs> and that suited me. Were you doing that instrumentally? Is that? Oh or, yeah. Or you,
1: well, yeah? I I would sing when we did the Christmas shows, mm-hmm. the mid-year Christmas shows, and that got me into vocalizing a little bit. Gave me a bit more confidence to sing. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, now, I had a girl who used to sing with me, and she would come in if they had a special night on, and we would we would do it as a two-piece. Um, over the years, most of my Musical associations have been with female singers. Mm. Um, The ongoing ones, yeah. That
0: tends to be the way. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's a nice combination. People like piano plus plus voice, they like that.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When you were doing your 10-year stint... (laughs) Doing time. Yeah, I mean, that must have been incredibly beneficial for your playing, firstly. But but is that the only bands you are playing in?
1: Like, oh, no. any, any
0: music that you were doing?
1: No, I was playing saxophone. Yeah? I was playing saxophone in a number of jazzy-type outfits, and... Uh, but
0: would all... they they'd be gigging Friday, Saturdays? So you would go do your fireside in and then go do something else, or is that oh, during well, the that's week? That's or...
1: what I'm talking about before the fireside. Yeah. So I started playing saxophone in about 78, 79... And when I started playing in the restaurant, I, I basically finished up playing. Yeah, yeah. Playing sax, I was, um, I would do the occasional thing if I could. For a while, there was a band I was playing with was doing a midweek thing at a pub. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Uh, didn't thrill me hugely, and it's not a reflection on anything. It's a reflection on the, on the times. I think that especially during the early '80s, there was not a lot of music that. A band could adopt that would feature a keyboard player. So you tend to, and when I was playing saxophone, I was often playing it in outfits that you probably call country or country rock, and it doesn't doesn't. It's not really meant for mm. that that style of music. Yeah, so playing in. Uh, I would play riffy things and that, and I try not to get
0: in the way. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, thanks for the chat, Mike. Was lovely, as always. It's always a pleasure to have yeah. a yarn with you, Garth,
1: whether <laughs> yeah. whether it's a lubricated chat or otherwise.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have had some before this. Who
1: knows?
0: <laughs> uh cool. Uh would you like to plug some stuff, some gigs, or your social media stuff?
1: Oh, okay. Um at the moment, well, probably a secret to some of your listeners, but Garth and I have a organ trio, the Mike Baker organ trio. Now things are opening up again. We've got a few things on the horizon. Um, what's the date of the one we're doing at it's the con next month? 28th. 28th twenty eight. 28th, And November. original
0: music night. We're going to have... Rich it's a ex- Sunday. Yeah, it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. Uh, we're going to have Rich Joyce and Izzy Capo will be mm-hmm. doing some sets. Um, it's, uh, mostly original things, but some awesome... It'll be, and this will be, be in the so pavia room at the... Yeah, I think so. Okay. Unless you all buy tickets. And then we'll move it to a bigger room.
1: (laughs) Nice. Um, I've got Monday Morning Melodies, which I do for the care community. That's part of the Conservatorium Outreach Program. That's every week at 10.30. That one now streams directly onto the Hume Conservatorium Facebook page. Then that's just a very easygoing start to the week with a bit of music for stretching and, and listening and singing choruses and things like that and Friday afternoon for an hour with the help of my socially distant adjudicator, Bronnie Marie without whom the, uh, the happy hour live stream wouldn't go ahead yeah, that happens every Friday afternoon and we're more than happy to have people come along you can lurk if you want to or you can participate it's up to you but uh, it's a very uh, convivial sort of hour that we spend just amongst folks that we know there's a little bit of community I think that's the thing with it there's a bit of community to it
0: yeah of course, check out the Hume Conservatorium on Facebook and Instagram. There's always awesome stuff. If you're a student, there's always uh, new ensembles or competitions that you can go into. If you are an adult, there is lots of concerts that we put on that you would definitely be interested in. Uh, you can check me out on Garth Prentice Music on Facebook and Instagram. There's uh, I've always got stuff going up on there, and you'll check out my gigs on there as well. Well, If you want to come see some live music, I do play in, obviously, the Mike Baker Organ Trio. There's a band at Ooh La La, and I do some a lot of solo gigs as well. Um, so come check those things out. All right. Garth Prentice Music. That's the one. Wonderful. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Garth.